Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Ridgeview. We are so glad you're here. Happy Father's Day to uh, all you dads. I'd like to just pray uh, for the fathers right now, just a prayer, a blessing on you. So let's pray together. God, we call you Father, and you're our spiritual Father, and you do provide for us, and you do take care of us, and you've also given us fathers, and there are fathers here, and, and we ask that you will strengthen all the dads here today, that you will give them strength from your mighty hand, power to do what you've called them to do as they handle all the different aspects of life. And I know days like this uh, can cause a mixed emotions just based on if we have our fathers still with us, uh, even as we reflect on our own parenting and everything. But, but God, I pray that as we look to you, uh, we're reminded as our spiritual father that you truly do set the example for us. You guide us. You lead us forward. And so I just pray that your presence will be felt here today and that you will guide us forward. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, I wanted to, to welcome you here and continue uh, the series that we started uh, last week uh, called Catalysts. And as you walked in, you were handed a program, and there's quite a few things that I'm going to be referring to in there, and so you want to keep that handy. Um, but I want to draw your attention inside, uh, there's always message notes. And what I do is I put the main points, and then I put the scriptures, and that's for you if you are a note taker and you like to track, uh, you can do that. But then it's also something that you can use uh, this week as you want to reflect back. And so you've got the scriptures there, you've got those points. And so as you jot ideas down, uh, keep that handy. And I know for some of you, it's like, wow, something actually paper that you can hold. What do you do with that? And so if you lose that kind of stuff, you could even just take a picture and then you'll have it on your phone as well. So, so there you go. Um, I want to start with, with a scripture uh, that is a promise to us and a reminder of God's presence in our life. I want to start that as to kind of give this, this destination that, that God wants us to experience. And it's found in Ephesians 3. And it says, Now to him who is able, that this is Jesus, to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. And this is a prayer that's found in the New Testament, and it was written to the Christians at the time who were really trying to figure out how to be Christians in the first century with many pressures and persecutions that were upon them. And today, uh, especially in the United States, we don't have those same persecutions, but we face similar pressures, and we face lots of circumstances where we're trying to figure out, if you are a Christ follower, how, how does that look? In your life, how are you supposed to honor God in every decision that you make? And this prayer is this promise that it is God who is at work uh, in us, and it's God who's at work for us. And last week we kicked off talking about faith is holding on to that promise that He is with us and He is for us, no matter what we face, no matter what we feel. That is the truth that we 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 hold on to, and this promise is an extension of that knowing that God is the one who's working and he can do far more abundantly than we can do by ourselves. And faith is that, that knowledge and that understanding and, and just really that, that resolution that you admit, God, I cannot do what you want me to do in this life without you. God, I can't do the things that are on my plate without you. I can't handle my responsibilities well. I can't move towards the future with hope without you. This is a prayer that, Really, Christians have been praying back to God for 
hundreds and hundreds of years. And I want to start with this because this is really a prayer of faith. It is true that he will do far more abundantly than what I can think or what I can even ask for because he is with me, he is for me, and he's going ahead of me. And so in this series, we're looking at how do we make this real in our life? How do we grow in this kind of faith where we recognize and we live with the hope that God is is for us and he's with us? And we're looking at these catalysts that grow our faith that as we spend time learning and as we spend time growing that our faith grows. And we're talking about this idea of like growing faith equals growing maturity. And this is the picture where God wants us to be. And so today I'm going to be focusing on two catalysts that happen a lot of times uh, on a Sunday and then happen in our own life. And so the first faith catalyst, and I introduced this last week, the first faith catalyst we're going to look at is how God wants to grow your faith and my faith through practical teaching. The idea here is how can your faith grow by hearing God's word and then applying it to your life? How does your faith grow from that? And so I want to talk about that. But anytime you talk about teaching, um, there's a lots of things that come to our mind. Uh, when you hear teach or teacher or school, uh, it can have a variety of emotions. How many of you uh, loved school when you were in school? Like you, you just loved it. You loved it. How many of you kind of hated school and you were really glad that I, that's by far the larger majority of people? Now, some of you are in school currently and you're just in the middle of it. And you, some days you might like it, some days you may hate it. But every time you talk about teaching in school, it brings like a variety of emotions, a variety of, of memories that, that we have. And those are important, but when I'm talking about practical teaching in the church, we have to somewhat undo our experiences with what maybe our teaching experiences have been, our learning experiences, because this is a different type of learning. Um, maybe you remember this, but do you remember the type of learning you did where you had a test or a quiz and you crammed for it and you memorized as much as you could the night before a test, you took the test and it's multiple choice and you're just trying to remember, it's fill in the blanks, it's true or false, and you're just doing it, and you're just, just unloading all that you can. Three hours after the test, somebody could have asked you a question, you do not remember it. Do you remember that? Like you could cram and maybe get a good grade on a test but a day later, you have no idea what you, what you learned 24 hours before, right? And you can actually get good grades like that. I remember that I, I, I was like the Rudy of education. You ever seen Rudy the movie? He was like the Rudy of sports. He wasn't that talented, but he used a lot of heart. I'm like the Rudy of education. I, I wasn't that intelligent, but I tried hard. And uh, I actually, I did all sorts of things to get good grades, and one, one, I'm just going to share this. This is like full disclosure with Alex right here. Um, if you're in school, I don't recommend this. Um, my freshman year of high school, I, I had a B plus in an English class. And I, I really set my mind like I wanted to get all A's. And so I talked to my teacher and I said, how do I, how do I move this B plus up to an A? Like what is it that I need to do? And I'm thinking, like, if there's extra credit, whatever, you know, even in school, like, there's always extra credit you can do. And she says, you know, I, I like chocolate chip cookies. You know what I did when I got home? I was going to say I baked it, but I didn't. I asked my mom to bake cookies. I brought them the next day, and I got an A in that class. 
I'm not talking about that type of learning, see? Some of you are disgusted by that. I told you, you know, it's, it, I had a lot of heart. But, but this, you know, all these things, like when we, when we think of learning, uh, we think of classroom setting. And even like this, you're facing me, and, and it's like, all right, what are you going to teach us? And, you know, anytime you add a setting or you're in a setting where there's somebody talking to you, there's all sorts of filters that we have, especially in church. Especially if you're like, go, you're, I'm going to go to church and listen to a sermon. You're like, oh, is it going to be boring? Is it going to be long? You know, I know you think all this because I think it. Is it, is it going to like relate? Am I going to understand it? There's all sorts of things. But there's something about practical teaching where it connects with you that if you actually can see how it applies to your life and you can live it out, your faith will grow. And this is the kind of teaching that we want to do here at our church. We want to give you practical truth of the scripture, not just to grow your understanding, but to grow your understanding so that you can live it out. That's actually where the blessing is. So there's something that God does with practical teaching that helps us grow our faith because as we apply what we learn and we experience a truth, it actually resonates with us deeper. There's something that when we live it out, something in our mind travels down into our heart and we connect with it. And that's what God wants us to do with his word. He wants us to not only hear it and get it in our mind, but live it out and get it in our heart where it guides us forward. And so I want to talk about kind of the two roles that happen when teaching goes on. I've talked a little bit about it. The first is um, the place of the learner. That's all you guys. As you come on a Sunday or anytime you, you're hearing somebody speak to you about biblical truth, whether it's a sermon, a message, a teaching, whatever it is, uh, there's a certain role that you have as a learner, and we all do. There's always the teaching that's happening, the content, there's the teacher presenting the content, and then there's the learner, the person listening. And here's, here's something that, that I've learned in my life. Our attitude toward teaching impacts our learning. And this, this is something that is so true. It's not just what's being taught or who's teaching it. It's my attitude in that moment. And for you and for me to grow in faith as we hear the truth of God's word there's something that needs to happen all the time, and it's our actual attitude towards it. So I'm just going to speak really honestly, and it's kind of weird because I'm speaking to you right now, and it's kind of like, hey, check your attitude. I'm not saying that. But what I mean is, is every time we're in a setting like this, there's a dynamic that happens. And the dynamic is everything that's gone on in your life, everything that you're facing, everything that's gone on in my life, everything that I'm facing, we come and we meet here for an hour and stuff happens, and God works. And at the same time, we're distracted, and we're frustrated, and we're tired, and we're stressed, and we're worried, and all this is happening at the same time. And I want to talk to you about this because in the middle of that, we have to fight and ask God, God, will you teach us what you want me to hear? And that's my prayer. Every Sunday, I ask that God will teach us what he wants us to learn that he will give us the truth so we can, we can live it out. So the first thing is, is the attitude of, of the learner. And you have to fight some, some thoughts sometimes, just I'm, I'm too tired, I'm, I don't want to be here, this is kind of long, this is boring. I understand all these thoughts, I have the same ones. But our attitude impacts our learning. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the role of 
of me as, as the pastor. You guys ever done this? It kind of feels like we're just kind of debriefing together. Isn't this fun? Keep going. The goal of teaching in the church is to equip us for life and ministry. So the reason I'm saying this is I want you to know what my goal is on a Sunday. So, so here's, let me just start with what my goal is not. My goal is not for you every Sunday to be like, Alex, thank you so much. That was amazing. That's, a, that's like not my goal. I do not do this to receive commendation from anybody. I do this because this is what God's told me to do. And you know what? It's kind of like, it's not like a, a grade, you know? Well, that was good. It was shorter than normal. I give that like a B. A little long, that's a C minus. Like, I, you can't grade a, I mean, you could, and you all do, you know, right? That was good this Sunday. Or what happened this Sunday? You know, there, all this happened. I get it. This is all the dynamics. But the goal of church and the goal of, of the sermon isn't just for, man, was it good? Was it, was it entertaining? No, it's, it's actually, did it equip me to live out my life in a way that God's commanded? That's actually the grade. So a sermon is only as good as all of us living it out. So you assign your own grade. Kind of different, right? But this is part of the dynamic. It's the learning, the attitude, and it's the teaching. The teaching in the church is to equip for life and ministry. Here's Ephesians 4. If you've never read the scripture, it's, it's, it's a picture of the different roles that people have in the church based on the gifts that God has given them. When you become a Christian, you follow Christ, God gives you an actual spiritual gift. That's a special gift that you're given when you become a Christian. And here's some of the gifts as it relates to leading out in the church. And I'm gonna just walk through these. There's lots of words here, but I'm gonna kind of break down uh, some of these titles. So the first is, and he gave the apostles. An apostle is a messenger, one sent on a mission. And he gave some as prophets. A prophet is a proclaimer of God's utterance, a foreteller. Uh, You hear a lot of prophets in the Old Testament. Uh, These were people who declared God's will. This is God's will. They're prophets. This is God's will for us to move forward. Uh, Sometimes they were warnings. Sometimes they were direction. Uh, Some evangelists, these are people who God has gifted specifically. They bring the good news of Jesus Christ and share it wherever they are. And if you ever met somebody who's gifted in evangelism, you know it because they can bring the good news of Jesus into any situation. God's gifted them to do that. Every Christian needs to do it, but some have the gift to do it. Then some are shepherds. These are pastors, the, one, the ones who guide and care for God's flock. That's part of my role as a pastor, pastor that, that shepherding. And teachers, the ones who provide instruction. They, they lay out doctrine and teaching of the Christian faith. And then all of these are connected to this part. So all of these to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. So my role as a leader in the church is to do all I can to allow you guys to do what God wants you to do in your life. God wants us to serve. So my job is how do I help set up and organize the church so you can serve? God wants us to love people. So how do we set up and organize in the church so we can love people? God wants us to be hospitable. So how do we set up 
and be hospitable to the people that come. You get all this is happening. So, but you need leaders in the church who are like setting the table so that you guys, the members of the church and those who are a part of it can come and you can sit down and you can enjoy the, the feast of ministry. That's the picture. Somebody has to do the work behind the scenes. And right now in a church plant, we have so many people that are playing that role as volunteers. They're doing all their work behind the scenes so that the work of the ministry can happen. But that's, that's the goal of, of the teaching, is we want to equip. That means you, you can handle life and you have the tools you need to do what God's called you to do. And so that's my focus, is how can I equip people that come on a Sunday and how can we offer classes to equip people? How can we give trainings to equip people, seminars, relationships, all these things to, again, equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ. And then verse 13 says this, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to measure, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So again, you have this picture, there's all these people that have different roles, but the goal is in all of those roles, there's a unified vision. And the unified vision is that we are gonna, by our faith in Christ, we are bound together, growing in our knowledge of God to maturity, to the fullness of Christ. So as we're being equipped and as we're working together, our faith is growing, lives are changing, and we're becoming more like Jesus. That's the goal of what God wants to do. And there's something that happens when we gather together on a Sunday and we gather together in groups and we gather together to serve, even through sports camp, like Joel mentioned, there's something when we gather together when God does something. So what we're saying is we're leaving all of the things that we could do with our time and with our resources, and we're going to come together as a church, and we're going to do the mission of God together. So all this is happening, and this equipping is happening, and a lot happens just from the teaching and learning that we do here on a Sunday. Now, this is a quote from Rick Warren, which I think is helpful. I'm just kind of giving you an insight of, again, this is why we're doing church the way we're doing it. Rick Warren says this, the ultimate goal of preaching is not information. In fact, giving people a greater knowledge of the Bible can cause pride to develop in our hearers rather than humility if that information isn't translated into obedience. And the goal if preaching is not merely instruction, and the goal in preaching, sorry, is not merely instruction either. Preaching certainly includes instruction, but there's more to preaching than mere behavior modification. The goal of well-rounded preaching is transformation and obedience. And so again, the goal is, as we're learning, not that we just become knowledgeable people. Knowledge of God's word is crucial. But again, knowledge without obedience is empty. We just become people who know a lot about the Bible. But God doesn't want us to be people who know a lot about the Bible. He wants us to know about the Bible and then apply it. He wants to be people who live out the Bible. Because I know way more than I live out. So most of the time, the issue with me is what's in my heart that's preventing me from actually applying God's word to my life? So that's something that I have to wrestle with myself. So I want to tie this to our our strategy as a church. So practical teaching, and then I think there's a slide that um, highlights this. So God grows my faith as I regularly attend a worship service. If you could put that next slide, you'll see that the ridge acrostic that's on there. So I talked to you about 
how we take the faith catalyst and then apply it to actually our strategy is what we're supposed to do as a church, like a map, okay? So the ridge is regularly attend a worship service. When you regularly attend, you actually are hearing God's word every week. And as you hear God's word, as you live it out, that grows your faith. But if you're not regularly attending, it's, it's hard for that, that to happen. And so one of the things that you're doing today by being here is you're actually taking a step of faith because there's all sorts of things you could be doing with your time rather than be here. But by being here, God uses this to grow your faith. And it's not just in the teaching, it's in the gathering. It's in the relating. It's in the singing of songs, the reminder of who God is and his character. God uses all this to grow our faith. The reminder we're not alone. So when you regularly attend, God will grow you over time as you ask him to continue to teach you and give you the steps to live it out. So that's how we take this kind of practical teaching and apply it to the strategy. Just We want to see people growing in faith, and part of how they do that is, is just you regularly attend. And as you regularly attend over time, you kind of enter this stream of the community of the church, and this stream carries you forward. And you grow in faith, and over the course of time, you look back and you say, you know, I was here, but I've grown And that happens as you get into the community of the church. I want to just, I mentioned there's some handouts in your your program. Uh, Pull out the one, I think it's it's on the screen here. Pull out the one that says, uh, Catalyst, how to make the most of teaching on Sundays. Uh, Just just look at that real, real brief, real briefly. This is like a next step that you can take this week is to actually go through that. So I'm not going to, spend a lot of time, but if you're interested in like, how do I, what's the role I need to do? Like, how do I prepare to coming to church? You actually find in scripture that there's actually things that can help all of us before we come. Now, if you're like me, I'm just thinking, how do I get to church on time with hopefully all the kids in the car, right? Or how do I get to church and fake that we just had a fight? You know how many fights happen on the way to church? Tons of fights happen because, you know, you're stressed. You're trying to get out. You're trying to get in. And then I think there's also this, there's this kind of a spiritual war going on. Like, you know, you're getting into church and then you just, conflict erupts. Attitudes come up. All of a sudden, everything that's just been welling up on a Sunday morning on your way to church, it's like, ah! And then you get to church. Hi, welcome. Good to see you. Iced coffee today. You know, but you're just inside. Ah! But this can't happen perfectly. Like each week, you're not like at 945, okay, step one, choose the attitude of a learner and ask, you know, it, it, it's not program, you know, programmatic like that. Programmatic, is that a word? Um, but these are insights. And so if, if this week you kind of look through there, there's some things there that can help just, how do I prepare myself on a Sunday? And so I encourage you, you can, you can take a look at that. I want to go to the next faith catalyst. Now, I'm talking mostly what happens public. And some of this stuff you may have never even thought about, but again, I want to give you kind of an insight into what's the goal of the church and what we do here in this public setting. Now, I want to shift and talk a little bit more about, like, we're talking public. Now, what about private? And that's the second faith catalyst. God grows our faith as we actually live out and spend time on private disciplines. Private disciplines. These are things that we can do uh, to grow 
our faith. Um, The reason these are important is spiritual disciplines are expressions of dependence on God. And I've talked about this before, but when you primarily, when you read the scripture in your own life, you're taking the time to do that and you're, you're reading these words that were written. They're inspired by God, but they were written a long time ago. And there's a step of faith that you take where you read it and you say, God, I'm looking at this, these words in these books written to a different audience than me. But I believe that, that there's truth. And I believe that, that I can live this out and it's going to help me. And that's, that's a step of faith. It's like I'm willing to take a step and look at God's word and ask him to speak to me. And that from there, there there's something that I can, I can live out. There's something that, that he can use to, to help grow me. And so the first spiritual discipline is, is, again, like reading God's word for yourself. And this is where practical teaching and then living it out go hand in hand. And so the first thing related to that is doing what God says. It builds the right foundation. Uh, check out Luke 6 up on the screen. It says this, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Okay, this is like, this is like parenting. So this is like instructions. Jesus is basically saying, kids, I hear, I know you say I hear you, but you're not doing it. You guys ever been there as like a, yeah, yeah, mom, yeah, dad. Why do you say yeah, but you're not doing it? You haven't cleaned your room yet? You haven't done your chores? That's God saying like, why do you say yes, yes, Lord, Lord, but you don't do what I tell you. Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he's like. So Jesus is saying, okay, there's lots of people that say Lord, Lord. So Lord is this, this like term of endearment, like Lord, like you're, you're my leader. You lead me. And then he's saying, but why do you live as people who can't be led? Why do you call me Lord, but yet I don't lead you? And then he's about to set up this picture. But I will, I'll show you. Anyone who hears my word and does them, I'll show you what he is like. And it goes on in 48. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose, the stream broke against that house. It could not shake it because it had been well built. She's going, giving a picture of the people who get into God's word for themselves and live it out are people that are not building their life on a shaky, cracked foundation. They're building their life and their future on the rock of the truth of God's word. And this this is a challenge for me because I think it's so easy for all of us to hear God's word, to read God's word, to believe I think that's one of the biggest buzzwords we have is like, well, I believe, I believe, I believe there's a God. I believe in Jesus, but belief in scripture is never separated from a step. You believe, therefore you walk forward. You believe, therefore you obey. And I think we live in a time, especially in Western Christianity, where it's this idea of its knowledge like, I, in my head, I have conceptual ideas. But the way our faith grows is when our knowledge, again, translates into action. And we live as people who have security. And so when I read this, 
foundation on the rock, the flood arose, the stream broke against the house and could not shake it because it had been well built. It's a description of life and all that you will face. You will face times of this great flood, like things that are just coming upon you to wipe you out. We'll all face that. We're going to face things that want to break us down, things that will drive us to fear. And we live in a time when people are so insecure in themselves. They're so insecure about the world. They're so insecure about everything in life. And they do all sorts of things to feel more secure. And what God's saying is to feel more secure, do what I say. To feel more secure, apply what you learn. So security comes as you live out God's word. It's not just in what you know, but it's in what you you do. And I think this is one of the biggest shifts that God wants to see happen in his church. Not just people that know a lot or say a lot, but he wants people that actually do it. And we know this in life. Talk is what? Cheap. It's not what we know. It's what we do. And we have to keep knowing more so we can keep applying it. We have to keep knowing more so we can keep applying it, but it's always connected to action. And we'll be a secure person. There's another handout in your uh, program. And this one looks like this on the screen, the Bible in a jar. The main reason we started this church is to reach people who don't go to church. That's the main reason. It's to reach people that don't yet know Jesus. And so because of that, uh, we always want to take the teaching and everything we do to make sense to people that have never had a church experience, never been in a Christian church, who don't really know what it means to to read the Bible, don't know what it means to, to live it out. So we... We want to be a church that helps people do that. And so what this sheet is, is just the way that you can, it's called the Bible in a jar. What are some things that you can do to begin to get God's word into your life? And so this next month, you could work through, or however long you want to take, three books of the Bible. The jar stands for John, Acts, and Romans. And these are the chapters in each book with a little summary. If you don't have a Bible, we have some on the information table. But I encourage you, if you want your faith to grow, take a step to read God's word and begin to ask the question, how do I apply this to my life? What does this mean I need to do differently? What does this mean I need to think differently? What does it mean I I need to feel differently? So think just in those three categories. Think feel, and do. If you begin to do that as you you work through, I believe God will grow your faith because it's his words and it's the truth. So that's the first thing, the reading. The second is prayer. And prayer, if you do this, if you pray regularly, uh, God will grow your faith in that as well. So spiritual disciplines, there's this dependence. And then prayer is an expression of our, our confidence. And again, it's this knowledge that we can't see God, but we believe he's there. And so we're going to pray and and ask him for help. And in Jesus' day, so much time was spent on prayer, on the mechanics of it. And there were religious leaders 
And Jesus oftentimes came against the religious leaders. He saw a lot of hypocrisy. He saw a lot of the, the way that had been missed. And he, he came and he said, no, this is not what it's about. And so as he taught people to pray, he, there was a simplicity to it. Like you, you pour out to God the things that you're, you're facing. You talk to him in a, in a conversation. Uh, but the primary purpose of prayer is to, to shift from this self-focus to, to being God-focused. And we reaffirm the reality that that we need him. That's why we pray. I need God's help. So I I call out to him. Just like when you're younger and you need your mom or dad to help you. Mom, dad. Whenever you hear that, you're like, oh, as a parent, they need help. When we pray, it's the same. God, I don't know what I'm doing. God, I'm afraid. God, I need you. Kind of sound like the elf, like Will Ferrell. Did that sound like Santa? Okay, sorry. All this, see, as I talk about practical teaching, this is all going on in my head at the same time, see? This is Matthew 6. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. So this idea, it's like not about the appearance of prayer, your fancy words in prayer. You, you just, you, you get away and you focus on God. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. And it goes on. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Uh, This is a reference to the Gentiles who were praying to any God that they thought was out there. And so they would just pray to this God and that God and just hoping somebody would listen. And what Jesus is saying is, if you follow Christ, you're praying to the one true God, and he hears your prayers. So it's not about the show, and it's not about all the words. It's not about sounding fancy. It's you talk to God in a real and a personal way. And there's a promise. He, he will hear you, and that's what, what confidence comes from. I want to tie this as I close out to our strategy. So regularly attending worship service, this is how we get around practical teaching. That, that grows our faith as we hear God's word. Private disciplines are connected to our, our learning and so the next slide there is how God grows my faith as I develop my life uh, through learning. So this is D in, in the ridge. As I develop my life through learning, um, learning happens in a few different ways. And I want to just highlight this quickly. Uh, the first is uh, practical teaching. Learning at Ridgeview is practical teaching. It's private disciplines. I've talked about both of those. There's one area I've, I've not talked about yet. And this is intentional training. This is an aspect to learning, which we all need. And this is the idea of there's actually hands-on training that we want to provide as a church to help you grow in your faith. Last week, we had the golf and grill meetup, and I'm a terrible golfer. And so like five minutes before the meetup, I'm, I'm like, hey, how do, you, how do you swing a golf club? Usually not the best timing to try to figure out how to play golf. But I, I didn't really know what I was doing. And so we're pulling up videos and we're talking through and shadowing. And I'm like, this is terrible. This is going to be awful. And then somebody saw my swing and, you know, after they passed out and woke up again, um, just kidding. They, you know, it was like my arm was kind of bent. So straighten your, your arm and my stance and bend your legs and you're kind of hunched over. And so they were like fixing me. And it's like, okay. So it's kind of do the opposite of what you're doing. Okay, I'll, I'll start that. And in life, it's the same thing. There's people that we need that can coach us, that can mentor us. 
that come alongside us and say, hey, you know, if you make that shift right there, you will, you'll grow, like you'll, you'll improve. And so there's some training that, that we're going to offer in the future at church, and I just want to highlight these really briefly. The first is um, we're going to have a training called Horizon. This is an eight-month training program. If you sign up for this, you learn the essentials for living a life that pleases God, focus on reading the Bible, building practical habits for Christian living, studying what God says about different arenas of life, and learning to choose his ways. So again, learning to choose his ways. Eight months, how do I understand God's will, and then how do I live it out? If you develop your life through learning like this and practical training, your faith will grow. Uh, There's another training program that we're gonna offer in the future. It's called North Star. This is two years. This is actually a two-year commitment that you make to train, to grow your Christian faith. The goal of North Star is to develop leaders who take ownership for personal growth and investment in the kingdom, as well as view themselves as lifelong learners. So you learn a lot. In North Star, you read through the whole Bible in this program. Read through the whole thing. And then you begin to look at what this means for my own life, and then how do I lead from that vantage point? That's North Star. And then the next one is Antioch. This is a five-year training program. This is for men and women who believe God is calling them to vocational ministry, to, to work in the church. Uh, the Anoch Project is a unique, hands-on, character-shaping and leadership skills form, forming training program. That's a long sentence. Students of Antioch can earn a Master of Divinity degree accredited by the Association of Theological Schools. So this, this training is specific to people who want to work within the church. The reason this is so important is, again, we, we need people that come alongside us that give us the, the boundaries and the guardrails for us to walk on. That's what happens. We need intentional training and coaching to grow. So this is part of our strategy. We want to develop people through the learning that happens on a Sunday. We want to encourage people to live out the disciplines in their own life. And then as time develops, and as God grows us and provides more leaders, then we'll be providing more training. The reason I I tell you this is is we, we actually... We have a plan for how we want God to grow our church. And it happens through walking in faith and taking these steps. So part of you being here right in the beginning, you're, you're getting kind of this early vantage point of where we are and where God is leading us forward. And you kind of get to be on the front row of that. And so I, I'm excited to see how God continues to grow our faith personally and then how God continues to grow our faith as a church. And I want to I open up an opportunity for you guys to pray for a specific thing. And um, part of what I think this will do is, is we'll, we will together kind of take this faith journey and these disciplines of prayer and, and see God grows us. We, we've been in this school um, for the last few months as we've met weekly since February. And I've looked at renewing the contract for the next year in the school has been working with us and we've been trying to figure out kids' space. Uh, if you didn't know this, we don't have a classroom for our kids' space. And so we've like created through the creativity of our volunteers and all their hard work, we've created space in between buildings and using playgrounds and using easy ups. But ideally, we need kids' space. And that's something that we've been praying for that God will provide. So we got word that they're going to open up a classroom for us this next year. So praise God. 
So we're so thankful for that. This is a prayer that's been happening a year in the making. And God answered that. And God's grown our faith. At the same time, the availability of the school is now lessened. So we've gained a room, but we're not going to be able to meet here as much because of different conflicts with the calendar. I don't exactly know what that looks like, but I know that we're going to have to make some shifts and figure out times when we're not going to be able to actually be here at all. You can imagine on a Sunday morning, it's not just you can't meet anywhere. You actually have to have a, a plan, and you have to do it in a way that people are going to want to come and have a good experience because we really want people to grow, and nothing hinders growth like haphazard church. And so one thing I, I want you guys to pray with me is that God will open up availability in this school, and they, they've really helped us get in here. We're here because this school was open to us, and God has used that. And so I'm praying that some of those conflicts will, will go away and that we'll be able to be here. That's my first prayer. My second prayer is that God opens up a space that we do not know about, that we don't know is there. And I've been looking at different sites and different opportunities, and so far, I don't see anything. There may be some opportunities, I just, I just don't see them. And so what's happening right now is we have an opportunity to pray as a church for God to open up ways that we cannot see, and that's what faith is. We do our part. We gather together. We continue to love. We continue to serve. We continue to commit to growing in faith. And then on the edge of the unknown as we look forward, we ask God to work in only ways that he can. So I just want to invite you guys to pray for that. So I'm going to close, and then Joel's going to come up and lead us in some next steps. I'm just going to pray that God provides a space for us to meet. Let's pray together. God, thank you for the fact that you do far more abundantly than we could ask or imagine. And even right now, as we try to figure out our space for a church, uh, we know that you are a God who provides, you help us, and you, you go before us. And we know that you have power, you have all the resources at your disposal. And so we, we ask, God, that you will open up doors for availability here at the school, that we'll be able to meet here without conflicts. We ask, God, that if not, that you will provide a, a new space, a space where we continue to grow together and to reach people. So God, all we see is what we can see with our, our own eyes, but you see beyond. So we ask that you will lead us forward and provide. And God, even if we don't see a new space and we still have conflicts, we will choose to choose faith right here and right now. So even as we have to shift and meet different places as the, those times arise, help us to do that in faith with an upbeat, can-do attitude. We thank you for the work that you're doing and you continue to do. In the name of Jesus, amen.